Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Josh. I'm the director of community here at the church, and this is my wife, Heather. We're going to be sharing with you this morning. We're so excited to bring the word this morning. You should have received a Connect card on your way in the door this morning. If you want to fill that out, that can go in the offering right after the message. And there's also Bibles under the seats in front of you if you want to follow along this morning. We've been in a series called Let Go, and we've been talking about trusting God. We've been talking about trusting in God's power. You know, God can do greater things than we could ever possibly imagine if we surrender to him. We talked about trusting in God's promises, that he always does what he says. And this morning, we want to talk with you about trusting in God's timing, because the path that our lives have taken before we met and together um, has seemed all over the place at times. It makes no sense from the outside, but it's been better than any plan that we could come up with ourselves. After high school, I signed up for one year of Bible college. I thought that was it, right? But God met me there, and God prepared my heart for ministry. Uh, and when I finished, I was anxious about God's next step, and, and he gave me a next step, and I joined a traveling ministry where we went across the country and I gained lots of practical experience that you just can't get in a classroom. God was guiding me and then at that point I didn't know what the next step was and I had to trust him. So I got a job, I started volunteering at my church and I was shocked when I felt God asking me to spend a year of my life doing missions overseas in China. And so I went for it, and it was crazy, it was awesome, it was a God thing, and while I was over there, um, God provided an opportunity for me to come on staff at my home church uh, where we lived in New York. And it was such a God thing because just a year earlier, before I went overseas, I'd had this opportunity to jump into ministry, youth ministry at a local church, and when I prayed about it, I felt like God was telling me no, and it made no sense, right? If someone told me this is how you should plan your life. It was perfect because they wanted someone to assist for about a year, and then this youth pastor knew they were leaving, and so I would be able to ease into this ministry appointment. It would have been awesome, but I felt like God was telling me no, and I was very confused, but I obeyed. And then God led me back into local church ministry. He had a plan for my life, and I was so thankful for the way that he led me. And when I came on staff at my church, not only did I start in ministry at a local church, but I met my wife, and God had better things than I could ever have imagined. Amen, amen. So uh, God is good, yes? yes? Okay, good. I just want to make sure you're awake. <laughs> so rewind about four years. Uh, I was just graduating high school. I was committed to going to the same Bible school that Josh did, um, but there was one problem. <laughs> I wasn't really walking with God. But see, God knew that I was a very committed person. He knew that if I had made a commitment to go somewhere, I was going to do it. And so God used that against me, kind of. <laughs> uh, and I ended up being at that Bible school right where God wanted me to be. So fast forward into the second year that I was at the Bible school, my fall semester, I was in New York City on an internship with my class, doing lots of ministry, having a wonderful time. I was like at, in my element, and about halfway through, God said, so you're leaving Bible school. And I was like, what? What, God? And he said, you're going to go to school for interior design. And I was like, say what? What? <laughs> I didn't even know what that meant. I was terrified, and I was excited, and I just, 
I just went with it because God had spoken. And, you know, the whole time that I was in New York, God was growing me. He was developing me. He was taking me from being a little girl into a woman of God. He was taking me exactly where I needed to be as long as I followed him. And so I had tried out a bunch of churches in that time, and I ended up at one called Elam Gospel Church that was associated with the Bible school where Josh was working. And I ended up being in his small group. Um, and just one disclaimer for you. As New Stand United Methodist Church, we are not claiming that if you join a small group that you're going to get married. Just <laughs> but hey, <laughs> but that, it works. It could happen. Right. <laughs> so we ended up meeting, talking after the second year of being in his connect group. Um, you know, the rest is history, as they say. But what we really want you to get this morning is that just like our lives, nothing was really linear. God took us through all these twists and turns and ups and downs, and half the time we didn't even know what the next step was going to be. We didn't know where he was going to take us. But through all of those things, when we were faithful, God took us and he met us, and he took us on this extraordinary adventure that was so much better than we could have ever imagined or thought up on our own. And we want, what we want all of us to realize in this room this morning is that God's timeline for our lives is more extraordinary than any plan that we could ever dream up. His plan and his timing are perfect. You know, but we have our own perspective of how and when God should act, right? We need to trust him and let go of our timeline for our lives. Uh, I like what Pastor Steve often says. He said, God is always two weeks late and right on time. And, and what that means is that to us, it seems like God's late. He missed the boat. He didn't act. He didn't do what we wanted him to do at the time we wanted him to do it. But when God acts according to his timing, it's perfect. It's beautiful. And you will look back at those moments and say, wow, God, I'm amazed at what you've done in my life. Amen. It makes me think of when Jesus heard that his friend Lazarus was deathly ill. And so uh, Lazarus's sisters sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick, but Jesus chose to wait two more days to leave from where he was to take the journey to see Lazarus. And when he arrived, Lazarus had actually died already. Some of the friends who were at Lazarus's house were questioning Jesus's timing. And they said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? And that's how we feel sometimes, right? You know, God, if you would have acted sooner, this wouldn't have happened. God, why didn't you do anything about this? Don't you care? But in reality, Jesus was about to do something that they never expected. He raised Lazarus from the dead, and this was his plan all along. Mm -hmm. They had no idea. Jesus had something even more extraordinary in mind than just healing Lazarus. You know, God's timeline is just more and better than anything that we could come up with. He has greater things in mind than we have in mind than we can even anticipate. And we need to let go and trust him. So when you're talking about timing, it's so easy for us to put those limitations on God, right? If you're a planner like me, you've got the next step planned out always. <laughs> but God comes in and he does something extraordinary if we let him. If we let him, we can see how God sees the bigger picture and he wants to bless us in ways that we could never even imagine, but we have to trust him. 
We want to read you a passage this morning about a time when Jesus had a more extraordinary plan than his 12 disciples and their plan in their timeline. This is Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It was literally 10 days later. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what the disciples were asking the Lord to do was accomplish a political salvation for just a small group of people. You know, what they were seeing was the problem. They were seeing that they were almost in slavery, and they wanted, the Redeemer was there. They wanted him to save them. But what the Lord wanted to do was to bring salvation to everyone. You know, sometimes we feel like there's situations in our lives that are like an atomic bomb. Like if we don't step in and do something right now, it's going to explode. And in that moment, guess what God says? He says, wait. Hmm. God's timing is exactly what he has planned. He's never second early. He's never late. And he's going to bring us into extraordinary, extraordinary things if we just trust him. So we're going to go through this morning three reasons why God's timing is better than ours. First one is that God knows the perfect moment when we will be ready to receive extraordinary gifts that he wants to give us. So every year, if if any of you have kids, I know you'll be able to relate to this story. Every year, whether it's a birthday or Christmas, my kids have their list down like six months early. (laughs) Um, But it's always something specific. They always want, um, you know, a a specific character, something from their show, a specific art supply. But they always know exactly what they want. Take my five-year-old, for instance. Right now, her current wish list is a cell phone. Feel free if you see Ava to tell her she does not need a cell phone. It's not happening. <laughs> but just like us as human parents, I think the Lord wants us and needs us to be ready for his blessings. Sometimes we have to grow and mature before we're ready for what the Lord wants to give us. You know, sometimes it's that growing and maturing, and sometimes it's just learning dependence on God. We have to depend more on him than the blessing that we're asking for. Because he wants to use those gifts and blessings the way that they're intended to be for his glory, not for our own benefit. You know, God wanted his disciples to be filled with the Holy Spirit because he wanted them to be ready to pour out. He wanted them to be ready to give the love that he had given them. And if, we were, if they were, had relied on their own plan, they wouldn't have had that empowerment. How many times have you in your own life rushed ahead of God? You've known God had a promise, you've known God had a plan for you, and you stepped out ahead of him to make it happen. You know, when we were kind of preparing this sermon, the story that came to our minds was Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. I don't know if everyone's familiar with that story, but Abraham and Sarah were up in years. They had been promised a child at the ages of (laughs) 90-ish. That's like impossible, 
But with God, all things are possible. So they prayed and they waited and they prayed and they waited. And as the years went on and on and on and on, it got harder and harder for them to wait. So Sarah felt like she needed to help the Lord. So she sent her servant Hagar in to be with Abraham and to bear a child for them so that they could carry on their family and build the generation that God had promised them. And but what happened when Hagar had that baby is that Sarah became jealous, right? They had, they had done something sinful, and so that jealousy and that anger stepped in. And she actually banished, banished Hagar and Ishmael to the desert, not once, but twice. And the second time that she banished them, they were gone forever. But the Lord redeemed it. He sent salvation in the middle of that desert to Hagar and Ishmael, and he rescued them when they were on the verge of the death. And not only did he send salvation to them and redeem them, but he redeemed Sarah and Abraham too. He gave them the promise that he had planned to give them all along. And we just want to remember that God's timing is never one second too early or one second too late. That's right. God's blessings come to us at just the right time and in just the right way. And the reason that he has perfect timing is that God knows everything that we don't know about the course of our lives. Jesus knew what the future held for his disciples. He knew every step of the journey, but what he wanted them to know was just the next step. He said, I have something good for you. And they weren't interested, right? They wanted more. They wanted to know about the future of their own nation. They wanted to know about their own hopes. You know, the, the Jewish people had hoped that the Messiah would just kick out the Romans and, and establish the Israelite kingdom again. They had given up on that when Jesus was crucified. But here, Jesus has been resurrected and they're starting to think, okay, this is going to happen again. And they ask him about it. And Jesus says, it is not for you to know the dates or the times the Father has set by his own authority. Yep. You know, sometimes I think God doesn't intend to tell us every step of the journey, right? Because he wants us to trust him mm-hmm. and to walk with him along the way. If God told me every step of the journey of my life, I would probably just try to do it on my own. I would take this step and then this step and then this step the way I thought to get there um, instead of following God each step of the way. Uh, Our human nature is to want to know what the future holds, right? Because the unknown is a scary thing. We want to know if and when our deepest hopes or fears will happen, just like the disciples. Um, And if you find yourself doing this, you know, take it to God in prayer. Mm -hmm. And as as you pray, tune out everything else. Focus on Him. Surrender your next step to God. Surrender your future to God and let him lead you because he knows everything that you don't know about the course of your life. So Esther is another great example of this. So if you, if you know the story of Esther, she was an orphan who was living with her cousin and all the other Jews that had been exiled to Babylon. And the thing about Esther is that obviously she was an orphan. She wasn't rich. She didn't have a name for herself. She, she had no connections. She was not bred for royalty. But along with all of the other women in, women in their area, she got called into basically a souped-up beauty pageant, right? She got to go and compete for the heart of the king. And God had prepared her at just the right time for what she needed. You know, she gained not only favor with the king, 
but she gained favor with his entire household. And she became queen. She got elevated to a place that she would never, ever dream that she could have been. But there was a problem. See, the king had this, um, this guy kind of telling him what to do. And his name was Haman. And he sent out a decree that all the Jews would be murdered. When Esther learned this from her cousin Mordecai, she was devastated. She was afraid for her cousin, she was afraid for herself, and she was afraid for all of her people. So the first thing that she did was she went to her older cousin and she asked for some advice. She said, what am I supposed to do? And Mordecai told her to go before the king and plead her case. But the only problem with that was in that day, if anyone went before the king without being summoned, they would be murdered. And there was no special treatment for Esther either. So would you turn with me to Esther 4, verses 13 to 16. Mordecai said, sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment because you're in the palace you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. But who knows, perhaps you were made for queen at such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and gather all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days or nights. My maid and I will do the same, and then, though it is against the law, I will go in and see if the king. And if I must die, I must die. See, the whole time Mordecai is encouraging her that no matter what, the Lord's will will be, will happen. But Mordecai knew that Esther could be that instrument that the Lord was trying to use. But Esther had to see that. She had to take her blinders off. She had to surrender her earthly view of the situation. And she had to look at God and trust and see what God was trying to do through her. See, God knows the course of our lives. He knows the timing which all the events should take place and when they will take place. And when we surrender to God's authority and timing, we receive that revelation that we need for God to transform our situation. And just like Esther, we can be no longer terrified of the outcome. We can trust God for his provision and guidance at such a time as this. But you see, God's timing isn't just for us. God knows what's best in light of eternity. The almighty God knows and cares not just for you, not just for me, but for everyone. And he puts you on this earth so that you can bring life to those around you. He has a plan so that everyone can know him. That's right. I mean, God wants everyone to come to faith in him, and, and he does act in our world with that as his heart, as his motive. Uh, one of the things that I wonder about sometimes is, uh, in the Christian faith, we believe that Jesus will return one day and make everything right. Um, why hasn't Jesus arrived yet? What's up with his timing? It's been 2,000 years. Like, when is he coming? And actually, the early Christians had that same question. And so the apostle Peter wanted to address that. And he said this, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. 
So the reason Christ hasn't returned is that he doesn't want anyone to die without him, but for them to repent and be saved and spend eternity with him. And his heart for everyone to be saved affects how he guides your life and how he guides my life. Sometimes he might guide us into a situation we don't really want to be in, but God has put us there to use us to bring someone else to faith in Christ, or at least to demonstrate God's love by our actions. Uh, you know, the disciples were focused on themselves and their nation, but God had bigger things in mind, as we saw. The reason he wanted to fill them with the Spirit was to equip them to bring the gospel to the whole world. And they did. That their next step transformed the entire world. You and I and three billion other Christians in the world would not be here today if they did not take that powerful next step that God had for them. But they got distracted by their own plans. And maybe that's you too this morning. Maybe God's calling you to a next step that's going to transform your life. So don't get distracted by uh, trying to control and figure out what you'll be doing in 20 years, where God's going to take you, but focus on the next step that God has for your life. Don't get distracted trying to figure out, you know, the end times when Christ is going to return, but show people Jesus. Share the gospel with your neighbor today. So today we talked about three reasons that God's timing is better than our own. We talked about him giving us extraordinary gifts in his timing, but we have to be ready. See, God doesn't give us gifts that we're not ready for. He wants us to be growing in maturity and relying on him. And he has a plan because he knows the course of our lives. See, God doesn't hang us out to dry. He doesn't leave us there to figure it out on our own. He guides us through each step and every part of our lives if we let him. Yeah, and and as we listen to him, he'll also guide the course of other people's lives in in ways um, that bless us and guide our life in ways that uh, bring the good news of the kingdom of God to other people. He's going to work through you to bring that good news to others. You know, this whole series of letting go and trusting God is really a passion of mine. Uh, And I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to share a little bit. Um, I just feel like somebody needs to hear this today as we were preparing this message. Um, not that you're going to share my exact story or my exact experience, but maybe there's something in your heart that you're waiting on God for something and he hasn't shown up yet. And it's not something that you talk to people a lot, but there's this block somewhere between you and the Holy Spirit. When I was 10 years old, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Um, and, and today that's not as big of a deal as it is, was back then. Um, and it, it has brought a lot of struggle in my life. It's brought some pain, some shame, but God has redeemed it. And that's really what I want to share with you today. You know, I prayed for so long, for so many years for him to bring healing. And I knew he could, I knew that he could, but he didn't. And so as, as those years drug on, it became harder and harder for me to trust God. And I, I drove this wedge in between me and God. And I allowed my own emotions to get the best of me. And instead of trusting in God, I became stronger. And I became something, I became self-reliant instead of relying on God. And so even though I would pray for other people and I would trust and know that God could heal them, I didn't believe it for myself. I just let that thing eat away at me. And I was so focused on the problem instead of what God wanted to do. You know, I think a lot of us walk through some times and seasons in our lives, even years, where we're struggling through something. 
And we know and we believe in our heart that God can do what we're asking him to do, what he's promised to do, but there's just something blocking us from the Lord. You know, we get so focused on that thing, on that problem, on the insecurity, on the hurt, and we let that be our focus instead of learning to trust God on a whole new level. So my big question today for you is how do we trust God even when he feel, we feel like he's forgotten about us? How do we lean into that extraordinary plan that is more than we could have ever imagined? You know, it's really simple and really profound at the same time. We have to know our God. We have to know who he is. We have to know his voice. We have to know who he has created us to be and who he is. I want you today to just think with me about your best friend in your life. And think back to that first day that you met them too. That first day that you met them, were you as open with them? Did you love them as much as you do today? Would you have taken their criticism and their praise as well as you do today? Would you have had as much joy in their presence as you do right now? You know, the thing that changed my life wasn't that God has healed me because he hasn't. It's something that I still struggle with every day and I have to cry out to God. I have to ask him to help me every single day. But in the midst of that, I'm not crying out to God anymore for healing. Amen? I'm crying out to him because I need him and I want to know him more. Because I know that in the midst of my struggle, in the midst of my suffering, if I know my God and I know who he has made me to be, I won't fear anymore. I won't struggle anymore. Amen? Amen. So about eight months ago, really a year, eight months ago, God really took this situation. This is all kind of new for me, so you guys get to hear this for the first time. <laughs> um, God spoke to me, and he said, Heather, stop being so strong. Stop trying to be me for you. Mm. He wanted to come in. He wanted to touch my heart, and he wanted to be something that I was trying to be for myself. Yeah. And because he spoke that word, I grab onto that every day and I say, thank you, God. Thank you for being who I need you to be for me. Thank you for teaching me who I am in you. Amen. And so today, as we're talking about God being our friend, because if he wasn't my friend, if he wasn't my father, if he wasn't who he is, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I wouldn't be able to wait on him with so much peace and understanding. So as we're talking about that today, I want you to think about God being your friend. I want you to think about building that relationship, deepening that relationship with Christ, because that is all that will carry you through each and every step of your day. And as we're closing today, you can stay seated, but would you close your eyes with me? And would you let the Lord come in, have that honest moment with God, and let the Lord inspect your heart. Do you feel about the Lord like you do your best friend? Is he closer than your best friend, your family, or your spouse? Is he truly and honestly the source of all that you do and all that you are? You know, we talk about in the church about living life with other people, but are you living your life with God? Is he there every second of every day? Is he literally the source of all that you do? 
in your heart, if you know that you're a Christian, but you haven't allowed God to be your best friend, you've allowed that block to stay there, you've allowed something to be in the way of you being intimately in tune with God, I ask you to stand right now, because we're going to pray here in a moment. And as we pray together, if you need God to be your best friend, if you need him to be closer than no other, and if you need to trust God's timing, if you need to trust him in a way that you've never trusted anybody else, I'd ask you to stand right now as we close in prayer. God, we come to you today, Lord. Lord, standing before you, and we say, God, that we will trust you and your timing. God, we release it to you. Lord, you know best. You can see everything about the course of our lives. You know what's going to happen in two minutes. You know what's going to happen in two hours and in 30 years. God, you know every step of the way, and we can trust you to guide us. So, Lord, give us wisdom when it's the right time to act, to step out in faith. Lord, give us patience when we need to wait and let you control the situation. God, we trust you with our future. Lord, we find our hope and our security in you. We know that you have good things planned for us, and we trust you. Lord, we give it to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen.